It's time for the movie rating. Tonight's victim is director Jason Buterin that is currently doing Kill Giggles. Hello. Hello there. How are you? Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about this feature. Or is it a feature or is it a short? Uh, it is a feature indeed. Very cool. Tell us a little bit about it that you're allowed to, or that you can tell us about uh, in terms of the story of, of what's involved with this story. Everyone has seen the, seen the movies, read the stories where the clowns dress up as the monsters, the murderers, the, the, the spreaders of mayhem. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to tell the story about a serial killer of clowns, not one who dresses up like a clown. So we're kind of turning the tables on a timeless terror trope and uh, making the clowns the victim. Normally they get to play the bad guys, the scary ones, but we're kind of, we're giving them a dose of their own macabre medicine, so to speak. But we have another trailer coming up, there's the Wreak Havoc Horror Festival, which is coming up in Greensboro this weekend. We'll have an official teaser trailer premiering there, and then it'll be online the week after, or yeah, the Monday after that. And then we're also working on an official theatrical trailer too. So just to kind of give people uh, give people a peek. But I think I think I hope I pray to the film God this movie is going to surprise a lot of people because a lot of people I don't think are going to see this sort of movie magic coming. What we were able to do in a very short period of time is some kind of wonderful I think. So I'm very proud of it. That is very cool, and I like the fact that victimizing somebody that in this situation doesn't sound so bad as, as what it seems. Because when you're using someone that is a victim of something that doesn't involve that would uh, be more controversial, this one is a, a little bit diverse in its own way. Yeah, yeah, we kill. Um, we don't discriminate against clowns. We kill all clowns. We have an open open door policy about that. So yeah, we're very uh, very egalitarian in our clown death. Sure. Now, exactly how long have you been working on this film? Like, it's, has this been around for like a couple months, or like, did you just like wrapped up just now and, and so forth? Oh God, it's been forever. It seems like eons ago. No, I've I've probably spent about two and a half three years, I think, working on the script. The, the, the idea started in my head forever. I've been felt based on a true story, which I'm going to start telling people now because that sounds really fucking cool and I might get more publicity out of it. But, yeah, I mean, it started off as a, as a, a it was going to be a short screenplay. I was just like, um, let's make a where I kill clowns because I, I thought that would be a good idea. And then about like three composition books later, I, I had like building shelf library full of clown death. And then it quickly evolved that it needed to be a feature. But I, I just sort of spent a lot of time writing it and then it made three different short films while I was supposed to be writing and working on this one. But it gave me a lot of experience and stuff like that that really made the experience of making Kill Giggles a lot easier, a lot more, I think, uh, professional and creative for everyone involved by me having done those short films. So it was a long time. The original, the first draft of the script, about 300 pages, and I, I wasn't done writing yet. But every time I would tell people that, especially my my cinematographer, he would freak out. So I started whittling it down and whittling it down to the very felt 110 pages that it is now. So it, it's been something we've been working on for a long time. Uh, two years ago, we spent, uh, we took a weekend of the summer and we shot like three different promo teasers and did photo shoots and a lot of other stuff. And then we also shot a proof of concept, which is basically like sort of the first scene of the film. So we had that on the film festival circuit along with the screenplay. So we spent a lot of time doing promotion while getting everything else ready to get the actual feature done. So it's been a long time coming. We're not done yet. We still have miles to go before we sleep, but we're, we're in really, really good shape, I think. I'm very proud of what we've got. The idea itself is, is something that really hasn't been done before. So between that and just the people that we had 
in front of and behind the camera. It's really it's going to help with North Carolina filmmaking back on the map. With these festivals, do you have any plans after these festivals, or do you plan to like in terms of marketing a little bit further, in terms of other merchandises and so forth, or do you want to go straight forward to just a, a release and to see where it goes from there? Kill giggles the merchandise. We're very very fortunate that we have we have distribution already. We've been working with Avail Films, so I mean as soon as the film is ready, it's gonna yeah hopefully be. Uh, be sold everywhere, anywhere, and everywhere. Um, I know they've got Bill and those guys. They've got some good plans for it and stuff like that. But we're also definitely going to do the film festival circuit. That's that's where I've spent about the last five or six years, really just meeting friends and making filmmaker contacts and just learning new things and seeing new things and getting inspired and stuff like that. So I definitely want to be able to take Kill Giggles, bring it back to that that home away from home because that's that's important to us. But yeah, I mean we want to we want to get this thing everywhere. I mean, screening Netflix, Shutter, Hulu, VHS. We could do like a little mini theatrical roadshow kind of a run. It's something that, that I think, I'm hoping, our hopes, people that love clowns will want to see this movie because, you know, the clowns are the victims and they're, they're humanized. It's something different. People that hate clowns will want to see this movie because they want to see the clowns die. And then we're hoping to kind of catch everyone in between who they don't really have any ties one way or the other, but they're going to go see the movie because they want to see what everyone else is talking about. So we're hoping we can kind of just cover all of our bases at once. Actors always try to market themselves, try to sell themselves as a better actor that they can present themselves to but as a as a director as well director market the audience how do, how do i market the audience constant assessment promotion i mean getting them out there teasing them i mean building up trying to get their attention for two or three seconds in a sea of social media monotony I mean, you're competing with thousands of other filmmakers that probably have a whole lot more money than you do so i mean you've got to be able to kind of come up with something something to be able to catch the attention you know like i said at, le- at least for a second or two but with tail giggles i think you know we, we've got that idea again something that it hasn't been done before as far as making the clowns the victims i mean you know an independent film major film or something like like that. So, I mean, it's just, it's got that novelty and uniqueness to it that I think hopefully attract enough of an audience. So, then just a lot of people, you know, we're lucky enough to have the fan base that we do, again, based off of the film festival circuit and stuff like that. So, we've got a lot of people that are interested in this just to see what we do and how we do it. I think, I think, yeah, hopefully we, we've done a good job of marketing it thus far. And then when a male jumps in the pool and stuff like that, I mean, it's, it's only going to get bigger and better from there. So, what we've tried to do is just sort of as uh, a fact, I mean, we, it's horror for sure, but I mean, to me, it almost has just as many thriller elements to it. You know, we kind of skew some of the, the more modern horror tropes and just tend to focus more on the story and less on the gory. We've got some things working in, you know, in equal categories, thriller and horror, so that's, that's really that's the, the love child I want people to come away with as far as from the film. But, and again, you know, the marketing promotion, the artwork, the cast, stuff like that that we've got involved have already done a tremendous job of, of marketing it to the audience. It's just a matter of reaching more eyes. And to do that, we need more money. And it's just like a, it's like a 1980s PSA after school thing where it's just like, you need more money so you can make more films. You can do things. You can do more money. You're spinning around in a bottle, you know? Do you think an, a director needs to find what's missing from the character other than what is needed for the character? I mean, it, 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 it depends on so many other factors. I mean, you know, the story, the director, the actors involved, and stuff like that. I got really, really lucky with Kill Giggles and that I've I, I think I uh, handpicked most of the people. So I, I very, you know, I had a lot of choice in the in the casting process. But was lucky enough to be able to again with the film festival and everything else, just expand and have this vast network of resources to where I I handpicked the people you know that I wanted on both sides of the camera, just based off of the work that I've seen, the relationships that I've made with them, and stuff like that. So I mean, I got lucky. That, I mean, I I got I was working with friends and family. 
as opposed to showing up, you know, with total strangers and just hoping everything worked out, you know, being forced and being rushed and all this stuff like that. Like, uh, pre-production, we do an insane amount of pre-production. I will rehearse the shit out of my actors as much as we possibly can just because it, it saves so much time day of. I mean, by the time everyone showed up on set, I mean, we had there were relationships already there, which to me always helps that come across on, on screen, you know, to not have to spend all this time learning and learning to know each other, learning backstories, learning how to interact and building relationships. You've already got that foundation there, so when the cameras start rolling, there's already that comfortableness, you know, that some people can't take easily. Again, I mean, it's just, it, I think it just depends on the act of the story, what the director wants or what the producers want or, you know, what, what the powers that be want. But everything that we've done, especially with Kill and Giggles, you know, we've, we've gotten really, really lucky, so... I'm going to knock on as much wood as possible so I don't jinx myself and I can continue that going in the future. It's also a, a, a balance and a risk at the same time because, sure, you got your family and friends would be on there, but at the same time, it's like, well, is the acting good? Is is it going to be incorporated in the story very well? And But and I understand, also understand that if you just have people that you don't know, that you need to get to know, that you need to get that, that fresh vibe from somebody in order to understand your vision. I can see it could take a lot of time, which usually does take a lot of time for auditioning and then rehearsing, 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 and it just takes so much time. But you need to get to the back to the story and try to get back to filming, but you're still trying to focus on where these actors are going to go within the story. Exactly. Yeah, Michael Ray Williams, he played Tommy DeSantos. I mean, he's, he's been my brother from another mother for years now. So, I mean, I had the utmost of faith in him, too. But, I mean, I also won't, you know, I mean, don't... I don't hesitate to tell him, you know, to do it like this or to do it differently and stuff like that. The friends and family discount only gets you so far. Again, I mean, it is someone that I trusted implicitly to be able to, to take this role and to make it something bigger and bolder and better and badder and, uh, you know, than what I actually put to put on the on the page. But when our when our celebrities showed up, we had we had three of three of the relationships I was able to build: Melissa Rose, Vernon Wells, and Judith O'Day. And having them show up on set was just terrifying and exhilarating all at the same time because it's like, I mean, it's people I grew up idolizing and watching religiously on video on the weekends, you know, in horror movies and stuff like that, and now they're on a set that has my name on it and saying words that came out of my head, and it's just, it's a very humbling experience, so friends and family made it not, I didn't have to worry about, I trusted them, but then it was a matter of, yeah, having the trust and confidence in myself to not look like a giant doofus in front of, you know, Vernon fucking Wells. <laughs> Which areas in this business do you think recognition prevails, but not as successful? Yeah, well, I, mean, I think that, I mean, that, that's every stage. I, mean, I don't think everything is, is quite as successful as you want it, but that's, to me, one of the driving forces to keep going to, to get what you want, which you should never, the rabbit should never get the carrot. I mean, you should always keep going for something else. If, if you if you think a project is done and completely finished and you don't want to do anything else ever as to it, you should maybe take a break for a while. I mean, there's, there's always something bigger, better, you know, more to sort of keep you, to drive you to keep on going. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm you know, I mean, every, every aspect of, of production, I think, has that. The, the indie film festival circuit, I mean, has so many different levels to it. I mean, you, you can get recognition for one, and there's thousands of other festivals out there, but that festival that you got into, I mean, it took the time to watch all the, sele- you know, all the selections, all the submissions, the like the your movies. I mean, every, every film festival chance, every screening and stuff like that is, is something to be grateful for, but it's also something to strive for to get bigger and better. Just, I mean, just, just keep going, keep making art. I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a, a good answer. There's something I wish I mean, have. Sunday, would call me up and be like, "Hey, we heard about Kelly Eagles, but I don't think that'll happen." But I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I should because. Smartphones have call waiting now, so I presume they're not calling at the moment. But in the old days, it would have been a pain. I would have never known with dial-up phones. It's like the name's there. 
but sometimes the name is not it's not as required as it should or not it still needs more than that than what it is right right yeah i mean name, name recognition i mean it's, it's name dropping it i mean it's like any other artistic medium you know it's always uh well i've worked with so and so and so and so and i've done this and this and this and this and look at me and look at me but i mean you you sort of have to because i mean it's a it's a, a cutthroat industry luckily i mean i get to be on the more independent side of the lens none of us have any money but we keep we keep getting lucky enough to, to do bigger and better things i mean I, yeah that's one of the things that i've been most proud of especially with in north carolina there's so much brilliant filmmaking going on here that, that people don't know about so it's just like I mean if one of us you know one person from one area or something like that gets into a film festival and people start paying more attention to that it can only help everybody else so we're lucky that we have a very there's a very collaborative and creative independent film community in North Carolina which is makes me very happy now has, have you ever considered that as your main home in terms of the independence is that where this is where it thrives the most that you think that everyone can always benefit going there and rather than just having to go you know the major places in order to uh, gain that fame or recognition or, or anything as far as work goes. Yeah, I mean, it's part of it. I mean, it's, you know, for me, for me, I mean, I love, I love North Carolina. I mean, it's got, I mean, damn near every sort of weather, climate, and topographical example that you could want. I can drive three hours and be in the mountains, drive three hours and be desert on the beach and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. But in terms of the trying to get famous, such a weird world that we live in now. I mean, before, you know, you drive out there, you know, you take the bus out to L.A., you step off, you know, you got a little piece of dry hanging out of your mouth, you hope you don't get picked up by prostitutes or pimps, and somehow you make it famous, and we've all seen the Guns N' Roses video. But, I mean, in this day and age, I mean, that's neat, you know, especially with, I mean, just the massive influx of technology weaving its way into every facet of existence. You don't need to do that anymore. You don't have to go where the cameras are. It sits in your pocket. So, I mean, it, it kind of, it, but it's also, you know, on the, on the other side of that thing forward is anybody with a camera now can, you know, can consider themselves a filmmaker. So, I mean, it's just like, how are you going to make it? I mean, how do you rise above the tens of thousands of people out there wanting to do the same exact thing as you and willing to spend more money or they've got bigger toys or shinier things or no more people? Yeah, and in terms of, of, of trying to make it, it's just, I mean, I, I guess you sort of have to set your goals or just try and take over the whole world and settle for what you get. I mean, a lot of that depends on what side of the camera you want to be on, how, how strong, how serious you are by it. I mean, just, yeah, just like anything else in life. But like, go ahead and plug in any websites or anything that we can check out right now. Well, then we've got madonesfilms.com and then Facebook. I mean, it's all the social media stuff.com slash madonesfilms except for Instagram where it's the madonesfilms on there. The website's all the social media. We've got the teasers to share these on there. We've got upcoming screenings and stuff like that. I'm, I'm a little bit behind on updating the actual website itself, but we have so much other fun content and so many other fun places that you won't even notice, I promise. But yeah, we, you know, we've got a lot of stuff like that. You know, the, the Reek Havoc Horror Festival again coming up in Greensboro this weekend. We've got a premiere of the teaser trailer there and then I believe it'll be on Sharkia.com the Monday after that. And then we'll have other news and stuff like that. But yeah, the, the, the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram, follow those and you will, you will stay up to date on all the clown killing goodness. Oh, very cool, man. There's Jason Buterin.